Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast. This is episode 10. Yay, double digits. And I am Stephanie. So on this episode, I'm mainly going to be talking about Thanksgiving, sewing, and decorating. I know it's a little bit late to be talking about this because Thanksgiving is going to be in two weeks from the day that this episode is published. Uh, but I still think it will be useful. And if you haven't, uh, figured out your tablescape yet, you can certainly, um, do some last minute things, um, even handmade or semi handmade. Um, and I'll give you some ideas about that. But first of all, I just want to remind you to please subscribe, rate and review the podcast. I really, really appreciate it, and um, it's really helpful to just share and um, and get as many listeners as possible. All right, so you may have noticed there was a bonus episode last week. My podcast is bi-weekly, and last week was the off week, but I put up a mini episode, which I call mini-sodes, and it was pretty fun um, just keeping it kind of short. And, um, you know, if I have content and things that are happening and I want to keep it, you know, timely uh, to that week or whatever, I, I'll i do like this little mini-sode and put it up on the in-between weeks. If I don't have anything, it's not, you know, just not going on or maybe it just gets too busy, then there won't be a mini-sode. But um, I think it's a fun thing to do and just kind of like adds a little bonus episode for you guys. So let me know if you like it. Um, I've, I, I've seen a lot of downloads already, so I think it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited about that. And um, what else? Um, I'm working on a future episode, um, and I want to ask for your input. Uh, I'm gonna have um, I'm gonna have a guest on who is a sewing technician, and um, he was asking if there were you know any questions. Um, ahead of time. So I thought it was a good idea. And I told him I would ask ahead of time on a podcast and uh, get your feedback. And so what we're looking for are questions that you will have um, on general maintenance and troubleshooting on your sewing machine. This technician um, services all different kinds of brands of sewing machines, and he is very um, knowledgeable on Bernina machines. He he has direct work experience with that company um, for many years, and he also has even many more years on servicing you know all the different kinds of machines. And I'm so excited for this episode. You know me, I love sewing machines and I love to utilize them to their fullest extent of capabilities and features. And so um, I want to share as much knowledge as I can get um, and share it with you 
And uh, so this is a really great um, opportunity to get your questions in and learn a little bit more about your machine and how to take care of them and what to um, watch out for. Um, and I'm talking about maybe like threads that get um, stuck in, I mean, like little tiny pieces of threads that may get stuck in your bobbin case can throw off your tension. So things like that. And then just general maintenance. Obviously, if there's like a question on something that really requires professional, a professional to fix, then um, that's probably not going to be a good question for the podcast. Uh, but you know, send me what you got and send it to my email at stephaniesotodesign at gmail.com. You could go to um, the link in the podcast notes. Um, I think it's on the link is also in the description um, in the podcast description on the episode. Um, So yeah, send me send me whatever questions you got. I know, (laughs) I know I have a tall list of my own questions. So um, we'll see, we'll see what we get. Okay. And next, the next, uh, full episode, I have got a super guest. I'm going to keep it a surprise for now, but you all probably know who she is. And I'm so excited that she came onto the show and we had a great a great time and a great conversation. So I'm so excited about that one. So be sure to download and listen uh, definitely for the next episode. Be on the lookout for that. Right. So let's talk about Thanksgiving sewing and decorating. I want to talk about tablescapes. So um, just, uh, just a little side note. Uh, two days a week, I freelance um, interior design for a high-end residential interior designer. So it's just um, it's just us two, and um, she has office out of her home, and uh, we have some clients, and one in particular who um, often has us do her tablescapes, table linens. Uh, she entertains a lot, and um, those are really fun projects. And in fact, last year, um, you know, it was coming down to the last minute on some things, and she needed, um, you know, some additional table runners uh, to go with uh, some of these placemats that she had gotten. And um, our workroom was just, you know, um, at the holidays, the workrooms are just jammed with orders and people obviously wanting all of their draperies and, you know, pillows and table linens made and installed and delivered before <laughs> the holidays or before their holiday party or whatever their deadline is. So, you know, Thankfully, I know how to sew and I was able to make these table runners for her last year and uh, we did the whole tablescape and um, there were a couple of tables because there, I mean, there were going to be about 35, 40 people at this dinner. Um, So uh, 
it was fun. And I want to share some of these designer tips and tricks to you um, for your um, Thanksgiving tablescape and decorating. And even if you don't get so formal, there are some really cool things to do with rustic tables or casual. Um, I mean, you could just keep it fun and and um, you know interesting. So let's talk about the tablescape. And when I what I mean about tablescape, I mean the whole look from you know your table, table linens like a tablecloth, runners, placemats, napkins, um, setting the table, um, and then decorating ideas. So let's just start with the bottom layer, which is the table. Uh, Most people at this time of the year will extend their table as long as it can go if they are entertaining. So if you have your leaves You know, you're going to put those in and now your tables that might be 72 inches long on its in its everyday state might extend to 96 inches or even some of them extend up to 120 inches, which is a 10 foot table. So that takes a lot of fabric to cover and a tablecloth is not entirely necessary, but It is necessary if you have, um, you know, a wood table that um, has, you know, table pads. Um, If you have a table and you use table pads um, and the table pads are kind of like a little half inch thick uh, vinyl covered and the felt is on the bottom and they clip together into the exact shape of your tabletop. And that protects your wood table and finish from um, not only spills, but from heat um, that uh, when you set down your um, serving dishes or anything hot, it will protect it from the heat getting down into the finish and, you know, creating, um, you know, a cloud Um, and all this other damage that they can do. So when you've got table pads on there, you want to cover up your table because it's not that pretty. Um, So that's when you would need a tablecloth. Or um, even if you don't use table pads, um, tablecloths are really pretty, especially at this time of the year. Um, And it's fun to dress up a table. Uh, So a tablecloth, I just want to give you some general dimensions um, to look for. And if you are doing ready-mades, a lot of times, um, you know, it depends on the size of your table, but the ready-mades are just kind of like some generic size that may or may not fit your table and the ends may end up being too long or the sides are, you know, short or whatever. So uh, my recommendation, if you are going to do store-bought ready-made tablecloths, um, get the size that closest matches the length of your table that it's going to be extended um, on the day that you entertain. And uh, try to have it to be nine inches longer. So what it's called a drop. So you want a nine inch drop, which means 
um, when the tablecloth falls over the edge of the table, you want it to drop around nine inches. So let's say you have a 72 inch long table and you want a nine inch drop. So a nine inch on each end of that 72 inches is an additional 18 inches. So um, you're going to be looking for 90 inches in length. So I can tell you that a ready-made is going to be about 96 inches. That's close enough. You don't have to hem a 96 inches tablecloth, you know, three inches each side. But if um, your tablecloth was anything more than like, you know, when it's getting to be 12 inches, you do want to want to hem that up. Um, so if you're going to make a tablecloth, you want to get a decorator with fabric. Um, you can make it with quilting fabrics, but those are only 43, 42 inches wide. And most tables, that's about as wide as they are, 42 inches. So you have absolutely zero room for a drop. Uh, so a 54-inch wide fabric, you'll get um, at least a decent... You, I don't think you'll get a whole nine inch drop with a 42 or 44 inch wide table, but you'll get a, you'll get a decent little bit of a drop and without having to add a whole nother width of fabric and a seam down the length of the tablecloth. So without getting into too much detail, I'll just do a quick example of if your table is uh, 96 inches, let's say that's with your, you know, leaf extensions, then, and you're making a tablecloth, add your, you know, nine inches on each end, um, which is 18 inches in total. So you're going to want your finished length of the tablecloth to be 114 inches. Don't forget to add your seam allowances in there. And, you know, you can make it like a half inch seam, quarter inch seam, is a, it's going to be a little, you're, you're probably going to want to do um, actually a double turn half inch. So you're going to do an, an extra two inches. So you're going to want to cut your piece at one sixteen inches. That's if you do a double fold um, hem. You can just do the length and if you're just going to do it like a, um, a satin stitch rolled hem, around the edge, which that could look really nice too. And it's pretty quick um, to do. And you can do that on your regular sewing machine or serger. So um, those are just some ideas. And then, oh, I didn't tell you what the width would be. So if your table is 42 inches wide, which is kind of a standard width, then you're going to add your 18 inches to that and you're going to want it 60 cut. 60 inches. Okay, so that's an issue if you just want to use a 54 inch wide fabric. So that's why I'm saying that, you know, just use the nine inches as a guideline and um, 60 inches will still, um, I mean, 54 inches will still give you some, some drop over a 42 inch wide table. Uh, however, if you really want it to be even on all sides, then you'd, you would just have to add an additional width of fabric down the length of the tablecloth to equal the 60 inches in width. 
Okay, so that's tablecloths. Um, fabrics for tablecloths. Uh, linen is a wonderful fabric, and I love it. Uh, but just so you know, it wrinkles a lot and is, requires a ton of ironing. Um, so another alternative is a linen cotton blend. That also gets wrinkly too, but not as not as bad as just a straight linen. Um, Robert Kaufman has some beautiful Essex linens and they are available in, I think, about three to four colorways, which are basic neutral colors. The flax is my favorite and those are available in a wide width um, of 55 inches wide, I believe. And you can also consider um, quilt backing fabrics for tablecloths because those are 108 inches wide. So um, those are some really good options uh, for making tablecloths and even making placemats because you do need um, quite a bit of fabric to make even placemats. Uh, so um, other fabrics, cotton, of course, um, and you know, some of the ready-mades are made out of this polyester poplin. And um, I think those are popular with a lot of people because they're stain-resistant and they're easily washable and they don't wrinkle. But I personally just don't like the the, the feel of them. So it's just, I, I like the natural fibers better. But it's up to you and a couple of places uh, where you can look for ready-made tablecloths are Wayfair. They've got some really nice ones for good pricing. Um, and then shopping locally, Home Goods is also always a good place to get uh, some pretty table linens at a good price. Um, and of course, uh, Pottery Barn and Williams Sonoma always has really beautiful um, table linens seasonally. So another thing that makes a tablescape look so luxurious and um, just completely like designer-ish is layering your table linens. So doing a tablecloth and then putting a table runner down the center um, and you could still even add placemats around too, but that kind of gets, you know, a little bit much, but, um, I do love layering a table runner over a base layer of a tablecloth, uh, tablecloth that, you know, like I said, that flax, um, Essex linen has such beautiful texture and it's just a nice neutral color and it creates such a nice base to um, other patterns, prints, and colors that you'll layer on top of it. So a table runner, you kind of want the same thing as far as a drop. You want it to run down the center of your table. Depending upon your table width, again, um, your table runner is going to be either 16 inches deep or 18 inches deep. Um, these are just general guidelines. So you make it however you want to make it, but I'm just telling you just standard, um, you know, kind of workroom sizing that we work, I work with all the time. Um, and then a nine inch drop on each end. So that is um, what we use for um, our clients' tablescapes. They're beautiful. Um, we, we 
kind of get elaborate with the design of table runners. Um, we'll do like a um, a bias um, contrast binding around or flange around the perimeter of the runner. Uh, we'll do an inset tape trim that covers the seam um, of that um, where the flange is attached to the main part of the table runner. I mean, the sky's the limit on what you can do with table runners. Uh, so you can, if you are a machine embroiderer, you can do some machine embroidery, hand embroidery, um, you know, just um, that's that could be a really nice decorative piece to your table, and then um, if you have a tablecloth, you can definitely forego p- placemats. Um, or another idea is now if you're going to go with a more rustic look, and you have a table that you know is you want it to show, and it's okay if you know it gets a little beat up or whatever. You're not worried about it getting scratched and that sort of thing. You can just do a table runner and placemats. Uh, but you know, people are going to spill definitely on Thanksgiving and, and things will happen. So just make sure that if you do have exposed table, that that's, you know, those kind of things are going to happen. Um, but uh, some tables have a coating on them. They'll have like this catalyzed finish and it's impermeable to spills and scratches. Um, so that's a case where you can definitely just do a runner and some placemats um, and and have a really, you know, your wood showing through of your ta- tabletop. So getting into sizes of placemats, you, you'll either want to do a 12 by 18 or a 14 by 20. The 14 by 20 size is if your table is about 44 inches um, wide. The 18, 12 by 18 is if you have a 42 inch or less, like some tables are even 36 inches deep. So, um, you know, just kind of what you want to make sure you have room for is, um, you know, you want your placemats to be bigger than the plate that's sitting on it. And a lot of times um, for more um, special dinners, um, people will layer chargers, decorative chargers under their plate setting, the plate plates. They're really pretty. And chargers are around, you know, 12 inches round. So if you're going to put a placemat under that, it's got to be at least 12 inches, you know, deep um, by 18 inches wide um, to fit a charger. And even better, if you do have a wider table to go with the 14 inch. So it's all about the layering and you want the layers to be, um, you know, um, appropriately scaled. But uh, again, this is just all these layers are really going to create such a beautiful table for for your Thanksgiving or even Christmas or Hanukkah, uh, whatever that's coming up. Um, So tablecloths, table runners, placemats and placemats. Because you're going to put plates and chargers and everything on top of it, those don't have to get as decorative. Um, I even think it's kind of fun just to um, maybe even do like a, a quilting um, 
you know, you could just do straight line quilting to add texture to it. You don't want the placemats to be too lofty or anything. I mean, I would just do more of like a flat um, cotton batting uh, in between the layers of a placemat. They do have that real um, dense, specially made for placemats um, insert or stabilizer. Um, so you can even do that. Um, but I kind of like a more softer looking placemat that actually looks like fabric, um, and not like a board. So that's just my personal preference. And another thing that's kind of fun to make, and these are kind of quick to make too, um, are wine glass coasters. I made some of these for um, gifts last year, and they were so cute. Um, so you can get a pack, um, you know, use charm packs, which are five-inch squares of cotton fabric. And and you basically um, cut out four-inch circles, and you need five fabrics per wine glass coaster, um, I'll, I should probably do a YouTube video on that, um, just for a little, um, tutorial, but they're, they're, they're pretty easy to make. Um, you just layer like the first four fabrics, they're folded in half and they make like this grid and, um, overlapping grid sort of, um, where the base of the wine glass then kind of just slips inside and you cover it up. Um, and, uh, people can just it, 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 take their wine glass anywhere and set it down and you don't have to worry about anything. And I don't know, they just look festive and cute and pretty. Uh, so I used, um, actually this, again, with the Essex, Essex linen, but the metallic linen mixed with a, um, you know, f- just a, a fabric, cotton quilting fabric, uh, turned out really really festive and and beautiful. So that's all of that are just great ideas to help add depth and layers to your decorating for the holidays. And um, another thing that you may want to do is set your table, um, you know, a day or two or three days in advance. Table setting takes actually a quite a bit of time, and our client, you know, has us in like a week before to set up her tables, and we pull out all of her, you know, dishes, her china, the serving bowls, even the serving utensils are laid out, um, the candles, uh, everything is so that. All she has to worry about is, you know, her cooking and what she's going to be making and um, not worry about setting the table um, at the last minute. So that's a good tip. Um, I'm probably, you know, I'm maybe everybody already does this, but (laughs) until I started doing this for a client, I I never thought to set my table like a week ahead of time. But it's a good idea. It really is. And then, you know what else it does? When you get it set, it looks so beautiful. I don't know. I just, I love beautiful vignettes and fabrics and things just make me happy. And I'm sure it does for um, all of you as well. So when you see that beautifully set table, you kind of get excited for, you know, the 
dinner that you're going to have or the people that you're hosting. And um, yeah, it's it's fun. It really is. So it's it's not crazy to set your table a week in advance or even a couple of days in advance. So going, moving on to some decorating ideas on the table. Um, I mean, you can get pretty elaborate or you can keep it really simple. I kind of like to, you know, go in between, but um, also remember that there's going to be a ton of food and serving bowls and dishes placed on the table. So you kind of have to keep the decorations um, simple and strategically placed. So um, also, you know, keep it ideal for conversation. Your, if you want to do a floral centerpiece, keep it low and in the center of the table. And uh, you can really get creative and use what you have on hand for the container um, of floral arrangements. And it doesn't even have to be a floral arrangement. It can be, you know, a um, a pewter, yeah, a pewter bowl with some fruit in it. Um, some people live in, you know, beautiful land with beautiful landscape and yards that you can pull greenery. And, you know, right now there may be some branches with berries on them. Snip some of those and bring them in. Um, you know, you can really get creative with that. What I like to do too is um, the grocery stores will have those little Satsuma oranges with the attached stems and um, beautiful green leaves on them. And I just get a bag full of those. It might be like $5. I mean, what an impact that makes. And it's in. It's fresh, it's beautiful, pops of color and texture um, and nature. Um, and those, you don't even need a container for those. You can just, you know, make little um, groupings um, either, you know, in the center of the table with some pomegranates. Um, and just that makes a really beautiful vignette. Um, you can do, you know, if you have a long table, you kind of want like something in the center and then you want two smaller things towards each end. So everyone has something, um, beautiful to look at in front of them. Um, so, and it kind of keeps the, um, table sort of open, um, all the way across, you know, some open spots for everything that has to get, um, put out there as far as the food dishes. So um, what other ideas? Oh, containers. So, you know, get creative with those. They don't have to be tall vases for flowers. You know, get some low height um, things and you can even use ceramic teapots and put flower arrangements in those. Um you know, another thing too that's pretty common, but it's beautiful and I love it. And um, there, when you use pumpkins as vases, um, so pretty. And you can use some real ones, but um, I actually got some of the craft foam ones that are like the medium size and a little bit more squatty round shape. Um, and all you have to do is cut the tops off of that. And that's an instant vase because the inside is completely hollow. You can put actually 
a smaller glass dish with a um, floral foam soaked in water and then, you know, put whatever stems or floral things in that um, or just um, a container and with water and just um, put your flowers in there. That's going to be inside of that um, craft foam pumpkin. So pretty, so cute. So those are just some ideas for decorating your uh, Thanksgiving and holiday table. Um, and then candles. Candles are always nice. Uh, taper candles are really great because they add a little bit of height um, that's another thing that we do a lot with our decorating and tablescapes is just um, creating different levels of height so that your eye moves across the table or the vignette and it creates interest. Uh, so taper candles are really pretty. They also um, don't take up a lot of space because remember, you got to keep room for the food uh, and um, don't use scented candles. Uh, make sure they're unscented because, you know, you just don't want that getting mixed up with all of the food smells. And sometimes it can really like, you know, just be off-putting um, to people. Uh, and um, the best types of candles I think to use are 100% beeswax. And if you want to even add some more texture, I love the beeswax candles that are rolled, they're in the, and they kind of like have this little honeycomb texture to them. Um, I did find some on Amazon, and they're really pretty. They come in several different colors, and they're they're beautiful. So I'll put that link in the show notes for those um, rolled beeswax taper candles. Um, and yeah, so. I mean, once you get all of this pulled together, uh, you are going to have such a gorgeous table and um, it's going to look great. So one thing I forgot to talk about with the table linens are napkins, cloth napkins. Cloth napkins, I love them. They're great. And I know some people just, you know want to just keep things simple and don't want to have to have extra laundry or whatever. But I just, I don't mind, you know, throwing a load of napkins into the washer. I mean, they're easy and um, I just think they're, they are so luxurious and um, beautiful um, and they're easy to make, Um because cloth napkins can get kind of expensive um, when you buy them pre-made. But um, if you're going to make napkins for like dinner napkin size, dinner napkins are generally around 20 inches square to 22 inches. You're, the, if you have cloth napkins that are more of like a lunch size, those are anywhere from 16 to 18 inches. But really... You can make them whatever size you want. I mean, I think 18-inch square is a nice standard general size where it's versatile. Um, but uh, if you want that really formal dinner napkin, then make it 20 to tw 20 inches is sufficient. Um, and also, I forgot to mention, too, that it's really good. Uh, when I make table linens, I usually make it a point to wash, pre-wash the fabric before um, I make them because uh, they will shrink. And if you're making 
you know, you don't want your tablecloth to, to be too short after it gets washed. Um, so napkins are easy. They're just kind of a square shape and same type of finishing options as you do for a tablecloth. You can do a double fold half inch hem uh, with mitered corners, um, top stitch that, or you could do the satin stitch um, rolled hem. Uh, what else? I mean, there's those are the two main finishes I think that um, I've seen. I've done and um, they're pretty easy Um, and you can use your serger as well. I also think napkins are fun if they're done in prints, especially if you have tablecloth uh, done in a solid fabric, Um, a printed and colorful napkin really brightens up the look uh, and it can hide, um, you know, Hide the soil and stains that may, you know, happen to the napkins as as they get used. So let's talk about the scale of the fabric for napkins and even um, a tablecloth. Because if you decide to do a printed fabric on a tablecloth, you want the scale of the fabric, the print, to be larger. This is um, going to be against um, quilters' normal choice for you know, quilt fabrics, you want a little bit more of a smaller scale because the fabric gets all cut up into smaller shapes and sewn back together. In home deck, the rule of thumb is different because you're covering much larger um, spaces and um, expanses with fabric and you want the patterns to be larger um, as a general rule of thumb. And actually, uh, as the trends go, um, large, I mean, like super large pattern repeats are really, um, really the hot thing right now. So um, when you work with larger patterns, let's talk about the tablecloth first. Uh, you, you just want to pay attention to pattern repeat. And if you are just going to use one width of fabric, that means you're using like a 55 inch wide fabric and you're only cutting the length that you need to cover the tablecloth and you're going to hem it up, then that's fine because it's going to be centered right down the middle of your table. If you are cutting two pieces of fabric to be sewn together, just pay attention to the pattern repeat. You'll have to match it up and this this will mean that you will need to have a little bit more extra fabric with a print than you do with a solid color because of having to match up the print when you line up the second width of fabric to make that tablecloth wider. Um, and it's the same principle that goes to draperies. So if you've ever made draperies, it's kind of like the same concept, only on a little bit of a smaller scale. So back to the napkins. The um, prints on a napkin, um, a napkin that's, you know, around 20 inches square, let's say you're going to make, or an 18-inch square, fussy cut the pattern so that somehow it's either centered um, in the middle of that napkin or um, maybe some cool kind of an um, asymmetrical lineup, but pay attention to that because you don't want just, you know, to cut off half of the main um, 
pattern motif on the napkin because then it could look, you know, really not not that great. Um, so, and I think um, patterns on a napkin. Generally in home deck, you've got a lot of fabrics that have maybe like a 14, 13, 14 inch repeat. Center that in the middle of a napkin and you've got a really nice looking napkin. And also um, another popular size repeat is getting bigger and then they'll kind of have more of a 25 inch square repeat. So um, I just want to give you some ideas of decorator fabrics that are different than quilting fabrics as far as um, pattern repeats and how you work with them. Um, but it's, it's really fun and I think that it really just takes your table up to another level when you use, um, you know, patterns and you pay attention to how they are, um, you know, being fussy cut for the application. If you do a rolled hem on napkins, it's really fun if you choose a contrast thread uh, to do with that. If you have a serger, Use a woolly nylon thread. It's really soft, fluffy, and creates a real full um, finished edge on, on the napkins. It's really fun. And if you happen to do a solid color napkin, that's especially fun to do um, a colorful edge around um, the um, hem of the napkin. And another fun thing to do with napkins, see, napkins are so much fun to me. I love them. Don't, you don't have to do them all the same fabric either. I think it's so much more fun to do several fabrics. I mean, you can do two fabrics up to four or make them all different. Just make sure that they relate to each other in some way as far as like color palette. Let's say um, your color palette is... I don't know, let's say it is um, aqua, coral, and, um, oh, what's another color? <laughs> Navy blue. Um, so choose choose different fabrics that has at least one of those colors in each of those fabrics. Um, or, hey, if you're going to do a rainbow color palette, then, you know, do one of each color for each napkin. I mean, that could be so much fun. If you are assigning seats or having place cards, uh, this is another area where you can get pretty creative. Um, you know, you could tie them on to napkin rings. And napkin rings themselves, those can be very expensive, especially if you have, you know, 12 people or more. Uh but there's some other things that you can use. You don't even have to have napkin rings. The napkins can be folded in a cool way. Uh, but another idea is to have um, your local florist make napkin rings from greenery. Because greeneries are not as expensive as flowers and other things. And, um, you know... They won't last, you know, there's like fresh flowers, they'll just last for your event, but they smell great and they look cool and it's unique. Uh, we did this for a client last year 
And um, in fact, I think there were maybe like a couple of um, berries, like hypericum berries that they put, you know, in the center of these green, um, you know, like it was kind of like little, um, I don't know how they did it even. It was so cool, like branchy twine with leaves and then little berries in the front. It was really cool. Um, so yeah, you can get creative with all of that. It's, it's, um, you know, the only the limit of your imagination. If you are not entertaining for the holidays or for Thanksgiving, then maybe you might want to make something as a hostess gift. Um, there's plenty of things that can be made that are not so time consuming. Um, I even think that uh, people appreciate, and especially people who cook, um, would love either um, you know a pretty apron uh, with a tea towel, and what, you don't even have to make the tea towel. You can buy a plain tea towel and really like embellish it up, sew on a trim to it, um, a real pretty you know quilt cotton fabric in their colors, their decorating colors. Um, what else? Uh, hand embroider on there. Oh, uh, monograms are always popular. Um, it doesn't take that long to even like just do a hand embroidered monogram. And um, those are outstanding hostess gifts. Uh, last year I made um, for my client um, that commissioned a quilt um, that I made for her. I made her... Um, uh, what do you call them? <laughs> uh, hot pads? What? How come I can't think of the name of those? Okay, they're called pot holders, not hot pads. So I made and I quilted in a diamond pattern um, pot holders and um, they turned out great. And I made two different kinds. I made like the square kind, a pair of those. And then I, um, also made the one where it's one long one. And it's almost like you use them like little mittens. Each end has a pocket for your hand. And then you can use it to, you know, take anything out of the oven. Um, so those are really cute. And I think anybody who cooks would love to get those as a hostess gift. Uh, you can also give um, those um, wine glass coasters as a gift. Um, those are quick and easy and very impressive to people. Um, and the fact that you made them means even more to them. And uh, another good one is um, cocktail napkins. And those don't require as much fabric as regular napkins. And again... Uh, much faster to make. I mean, these are all easy, quick finishes that you can make in an afternoon. Uh, cocktail napkins, um, I don't know, they're what, like what, six inches square, seven inches square, something like that. And uh, again, with the monogram, that's a really good good one. Um, I've, I made some hand-embroidered monogrammed cocktail napkins as well. So... Um, I'm, there's just tons of other gifts, but I'm just, you know, tossing out there some ideas um, of what I have. I know another popular type of a gift, and I have not made this, but I have seen it 
um, I've seen it floating around uh, on Instagram and everywhere, is the casserole carrier type of thing that is quilted and the handles of this casserole cover are wooden spoons. So that looks really cute and keeps the dish that you bring over really nice and warm. Uh, so I think that's a really clever idea for a gift um, for a hostess or host. All right. So I think that pretty much covers the topic of tablescapes, sewing for your table and decorating for your not only Thanksgiving, because I know Thanksgiving is just, um, you know, right now relegated to the United States. Um, Canada already had their Thanksgiving last month. And, uh, but this, um, this is actually helpful information for any time that you entertain and want a beautiful table set and, um, you know, different ideas on the different layering that you can do to make a really luxe, luxurious looking, beautiful table for your, for you and your guests. And I'll tell you, even if you don't have a whole table full of guests, maybe if it's only just you and your significant other, it's still fun to make a beautiful tablescape just even for a dinner for two. So take the time and and make it look pretty and, you know, do, do what you have time for. And I think that you will really enjoy it and just be filled with joy of looking at a beautifully uh, layered and decorated table, which is another reason why I love this holiday. You can just take a time out of the hustle and bustle of our, you know, sped up lives with technology and, um, you know, the just the We live in the age of the instant everything. So it's just nice to take a pause and enjoy everyone around you and reflect on what's important to you in your life. So thanks again for listening. And I was thinking if you had any questions on this episode with, um, you know, making the napkins or table uh, runners on tablecloths, let me know. Because I might uh, use the questions um, for one of the in-between week minisodes. So we'll see. In the meantime, get your machines out and make something. Bye! Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast with Stephanie Socha Design. Come find me on my website at stephaniesochadesign.com and check out the show notes page, post your comments, send me an email, let me know what you're up to and what questions you might have. I'd really love to hear from you. Toodles. Until next time. Bye.